Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Good Enough for Government Work podcast with your host, Greg, and co-host, Brian. Our goal is to use this podcast to share genuine, inspirational, and encouragement with all our listeners. We all deal with challenges on a daily basis, and we're here to talk and come up with positive resolutions and share experiences. So let's get started. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, another episode of Good Enough for Government Work podcast uh, with me and B-Man. I think this is episode 22, B-Man. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, well, you have more gray hairs this time. So, yeah, probably is 22. <laughs> yeah, gr- more gray hairs and the beard's getting longer. <laughs> so, hey, we got an awesome guest today. Uh, Tim Diamond from the uh, the VA here in Minneapolis is joining us. What's up, Tim? Hey, good afternoon, everybody. First off, it's an honor to be here today. And I got to say, I'm here as a veteran to provide as much information as I can. My statements have no affiliation with my government job, but I'm here to help. And everything I can, I say can be backed up through the web and public knowledge. Sweet. I love the disclaimer, man. I love it. So, hey, we're sitting here in the, uh, we got, we're sitting here drinking beer. We're having fun. And uh, Tim is going to basically give us a lowdown, man, on. Hey, we're, uh, hey, we're, we're out of the bunker. I think we can, we're in the tower. Yeah, what do we want to call this, man? It's We're like, at the it's bar. Like a tower, look at it. I mean, tower down look, the woods. Look all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, we got windows. We got a tapper. We got uh, animals running all over the place. We're in the middle of the woods, man. It's freaking awesome. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about VA claims. Tim's going to tell us basically the basic uh, about how to put a VA claim in. He's going to tell us some cool little uh, tidbits on what to watch out for. Um, and I hope everybody uh, gets gets a, a better understanding how. Uh, VA claims work because I hear all kinds of, you know, my friends always go, man, I, I, I put a VA claim at the, at the VA down in Minneapolis and those, those guys just denied me. Well, hopefully we can um, clear some things up, right? Like the proper way to yeah. submit um, the pop, you know, what to expect. Like don't expect when you put a VA claim in and Tim will talk about this, that you're just going to automatically get what you think, whatever it is. Well, well here's what I'll say too yeah. is, if you're listening and you and you haven't put a claim in, start taking notes. And well, if you're listening and you already put a claim in and you you've already gone through that process and you have your take notes because honestly, you can you can still you can still potentially increase that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what? Do you, all right. So all right. Without further ado, Tim, tell us how we have to put. A, how does a VA claim work, man? Well, the first thing is there's a lot of common misconceptions in the process. So to start the process. You have to either a get a representative, and I don't. Uh, you don't need to pay somebody to do this. You can do it yourself, or you can find any vet center or VFW or American Legion, and they'll help you do it. Or CVSO, County okay. Veteran Service Office. Yeah, or a CVSO, whichever one you choose to to help with the process. The application process is really simple. Um, first off, you have to have some condition that occurred while you were on active duty. Air quotes. Air, air quotes, active duty. Um, so if you have an injury or a condition that you want to claim, you fill out a, a 526EZ, which is a standard VA form. Anybody can Google it. You can fill it out. Say, say it one more time, a little bit slow for, for the Army folks. VA form 21-526EZ for all you slow peeps out there. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's a 13-page document and... Seven of them are how to fill out the sixth grade written form. So it's fill in the blanks, pretty much. Uh, you fill it out. You have to make sure you sign it. We do get a large rash of ones 
that we can't do anything with because people don't sign the dang application. But once you submit it, a lot. This is where a lot of people get confused. Your intent to file, right? No, to hell with an intent. We're talking about the claim. Oh, okay. Let, let's talk about you submit the claim. An yeah, intent yeah. to file is something you do in a whole different bracket. But a lot of people just don't understand the process, and that's where a lot of the confusion and everybody gets frustrated. If you understand the process, you kind of know what steps you're going to get. Once you submit a claim, they all go into a big portal in Janesville, Wisconsin. And they get scanned in under your social security number, right? A lot of people think, I want instant. It's going to happen right now. Give it three weeks after call, you submit. Call Janesville. Yeah, call <laughs> Janesville. They'll help you out. It's going to take about three weeks. And then it's going to fall into the national work queue, which is a big pool of every claim that gets submitted in the order that they were submitted. And it's going to fall into somebody's thing, and they're going to figure out, do I need to schedule this guy for a medical appointment? Does he need this? And they're going to send out the proper request, but you're not going to see a VA doctor. That's where a lot of people get confused. It's going to go to a third party. It's a cop and pension. Yeah. It's going to go to an LHI contractor. And from there, they're just going to go, oh, what does this guy need? What's he claiming? Things like that. So once you get the process down, it's going to take a couple more weeks for them to contact. So you're already about so that. So five, five, six weeks. Five, six weeks, and you're going to get an appointment which may be three or four weeks out from there. So we're about two months into the gig already. After the doctor's appointment, it may take him a week or so, 10 days, to upload the paperwork. And then it's going to take about two months for us to make a decision. And so that's if you're only doing one disability, right? Because you might have multiple appointments. Well, that, that's the, yes, once they're all complete. It's going to take time. So once you have all of your medical appointments completed, you're looking at about three to four months to get a rating decision. On each one, right? No, 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 because they're, they're going to wait until we once. get it all oh, put together, okay. and they're going to do one rating. So they won't give you a rating until you get it all completed? Correct. Okay. We want to do it all. We're not going to piecemeal. Right, 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 right. We, 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 well, the correct way to do it is not to piecemeal it. Right, right, right. Does it happen? Yeah, sometimes it does. Should it? No. So, so if you put a claim in, and it's already in process, and then you add another disability after it's already in process, you will literally take what you've already done and stop it because it will wait for this new one to completely catch up before it all goes then to the rater to be rated. Correct. So, so it will definitely slow up the process. Well, the whole process just starts all over again. Yeah. All that time you built up when you had all your appointments and then you claim something else, well, that hit the bricks, we're going to start at day one again. That's why it's important to make sure that you take the time to, to, to identify and realize all the things that you want to claim at the beginning and claim yeah. them all at the same time. That is, that is so true. If you sit down with a, a sketch pad and maybe an adult beverage, maybe just, you know, you write it all out and try to figure out what you're doing, get it all down on paper first by saying, oh, I get headaches. Oh, you know what? My knees hurt too. My back is kind of tore. Maybe I should have a look at that. And they do it all at the same time. The process goes a lot smoother. Then. You know what, Tim? I love that you just said that. What are some common things that, you let's just say, somebody who served maybe did a deployment but didn't see combat or whatever? What are just some common things that they should consider maybe putting putting a claim in for? Well, for well, let's go non-combat altogether sure. and start there. Let's go an admin guy. You sit in front of computers all day. Computers give me headaches yeah. when I sit in front of a computer. Maybe you have to have been seen 
by a medical provider while you were on active duty. That's the for key. For a headache. Well, it's the key for everything. Okay. So, it's the key to success, if you will. So you have to have a track record, paper, well, paperwork, right? You have to have something saying that yeah. this came about while you were on active duty. Absolutely. What if you're within one year of getting out of active service? Well, one year is a great sign, but I would like to have 180 days from your discharge date. Yeah. Happens to be what the combined federal, the 38th combined federal regulation lays out the stipulation that anything that you can be seen for within 180 days of discharge, which in fact is six months, six yep, months. Yep. Okay. Uh, can be claimed as service related because of the onset was within the parameters of the federal regulation. So with it, so if you are somebody that's looking to get out or you just got out within that six month time frame, go and get seen for anything that bothers you. Well, yeah, but headaches and tinnitus or, or things that happen uh, to a lot of people in service, you're, ex you're exposed to a lot of different noises and and situations where they bring on headaches. For me, it was dealing with my sergeant major. I got a headache every time I had to deal with his ass. Tell me about it. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> but um, anyway, I digress, so to speak. <laughs> but uh, those are very common headaches and tinnitus seem to be uh, the two common exposures that people have for... Like an admin type of like an position. admin and maybe back pain yeah, back, from sitting yeah. all the time because uh, that's something you wouldn't normally do if you were in any other profession mm -hmm. um there's always because i don't know about a lot of people but being in the marines yeah an like an infantry person you you guys well no just being in the marines in general not necessarily infantry we still mm -hmm. pt three to four times so, a week right right okay. and our knees and our back that's you go to that's, the rifle rant you have to rifle call yeah. I mean, you got this new combat fitness thing yep um, oh, yeah, I see. I think claims are going to go up with this new combat fitness. What do you think? Oh, no. Well, it, it is. Well, A, you're going to have these people better prepared for unique situations. But B, it, it's also going to take a larger wear and tear on the physical disposition. Correct. But the, the VA and the federal government has this. Um, what they propose to do is return you to the civilian sector in the same condition that you were when you joined. Oh, wow. So, yes. But that's the liability. Right. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to return you after let's just say you do a stint in the Marine Corps. Right. So uh, I'm going to return you the same before you came in the Marine Corps and stepped on those yellow footprints after four years. Uh, no, that's not going to happen yeah, yeah, because I'm, you're going to change each year. You're going to change. I'm There's still no yeah, my liver is never going to be the same. <laughs> Dude. I just remember hitting those yellow footprints. I was scared shitless. I was going to get beat up in the middle of the night when I hit the, all those drill instructors running around me. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Dude, the best thing was for me, living in California, flying just a short time down, sitting in, you know, sitting and waiting um, at, at the airport, and then getting on the bus, driving around for like an hour with our heads down between our knees just to try to disorient us, just to literally go right next door because – MCRD San Diego is right next door to the airport. And then you get on the yellow footprints and all this crap's going on. And then finally, like when you come out of that fog, like a week or two later, you're like, is that the airport right there? The like, I can <laughs> jump that fence. It's yeah. Not that far. Yeah. Who's going to catch me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have that luxury. That's on the other side because uh, I'm from New York. Yeah. You, you got, just, the, you got the, the, the sand fleas. You did, but it's a 40 minute ride from the airport through the, the glades. 
So nothing but swamp water, and they have to stop if an alligator goes across. Yeah. It's kind of terrifying when you go to think about it. Oh yeah, no, that's it, awesome. No, it is good. I, I went to Paris Island. That's where I started. Uh, Third Battalion India Company. I still nice. remember. I still remember that. When did you go? Uh, January of '94. I was getting. I was at Paris Island. January second, actually, right after New Year's. January second of '94. I was getting my butt kicked right hmm. at Paris Island. Third yeah. Battalion, uh, uh, excuse me, Third Battalion Mike Company. Oh, Mike? 3077, Stone and Anthem. <laughs> Maybe six years before you, but I mean, yeah. it's still the same. You know? 1988. Wow. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to say when I was there. No. <laughs> so, anyhow, hey, let's get back. 2001. That's, that's yeah. funny. Um, so, let's get back on track. All right, so we're talking about claims, right? So, what is a, I guess, what is a common thing that people do wrong when they submit a claim and it slows it down well the would be the one of the common things they do that slow it down is add-ons add-ons once you once you go to the doctor and you want to claim something you you change what you want to claim and the doctor's only going to look at that look at that do you remember where you kind of were all right here we go hey we're picking up part two um, we're talking about Vietnam vets. We're talking about Agent Orange and all that good stuff. Because I'm starting to hear a lot of chatter about people going in, uh, these old timers going in and just saying, hey, I'm, I got to put a, a, a claim in. And I know it's been a long 30, 40 years ago. But um, so anyhow, Tim, you want to pick that up, what, you're, what we were talking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, a, a lot of people don't understand that the laws changed last year, allowing for any service member that was on a ship off the coast of Vietnam to claim Agent Orange exposure because of the draft winds and the ocean current took all that crap out the sea anyway. Uh, so they can. Uh, the list of conditions are, are on the, the VA website or you can Google it, anything that would be exposure to Agent Orange, and you can claim those benefits um, for any service member that could have been exposed to Agent Orange. Or if you're the surviving spouse of a veteran who died from conditions that could have been related to Agent Orange, you need to file a claim. Can you can you say it, go a little bit deeper into that piece? Because I think that a lot, a lot, nobody, people do you, don't understand. Do you want that me to say it slower? What are you looking for? Um, so so if you are the surviving spouse of a veteran who most likely died from one of these conditions related to Agent Orange. And there's a lot of them. Hypertension and, is one of them. And they diabetes not, too. And they never claimed it. Correct. So, so these veterans never claimed it, but it might be part of the cause of death, which you can always go back and get things added to a death certificate. It's not impossible. No, no, it's not impossible at all. But, uh, and a lot of times it's on the death certificate and people just don't know. Correct. Like diet, like you said, diabetes, diabetes right? Uh, uh, what are some hypertension, hypertension, um, diabetes, different cancers. Well, yeah, but not really. Okay. Not agent orange, lung cancer, uh, throat cancers, things like that. But that's, a lot of people that came up that that would be a common one. But hypertension and diabetes are very common with low exposure to Agent Orange. Okay. So um, that would be something that any spouse of a veteran that passed, that served in Vietnam, should definitely consider filing a claim. And they it, will literally go back to... No. Only if they filed a claim and were oh, denied. And denied. Gotcha. We go back. So what if this spouse um, recently remarried? 
Well, if she is currently over the age of 57, then she can receive the the benefits. Awesome. Remarried or not? Remarried after the age of 57. If you remarried before the age of 57, you don't qualify. Got it. Got it. Good to go. It's kind of one of those catch-22s. Yeah. Uh, They thought about changing it, but really, I don't know. But that's great information because I don't – yeah, almost, I mean, nobody, nobody knows about that. Well, absolutely not. not. So my next question is, I like that. But the the big thing I'm hearing now, too, now, after the effect of uh, since the, the whole war slowed down since the middle, is this burn pit deal, right? The burn pits. Yeah. We've all been exposed to some kind of, like, fucking smoke in the Middle East. Some toxic stuff. Right, right. So what are you seeing? Anything you got to add about burn pits would be, sure. I think, beneficial for anybody. Well, the, a lot of people may, may notice that, they didn't come out with the Agent Orange exposures until 10 years after the Vietnam War ended. And the reason is they wanted to gather enough data so that they could say, okay, this is the list of conditions that could be attributed to Agent Orange. Now in our, in our current situation, we live in uh, technologies a lot better than it was in the 70s and 80s. So we can gather the same amount of information quicker still probably going to take about five years since the war ended to come out with a list of conditions that are going to be associated with that. And the reason is we have to wait for the veterans to come in with the conditions. And then we can say, okay, we had this number of percentage of this. This could be attributed to the exposure to burning toxins, whether it had been bodies, wood, lumber, battery. I mean, burning feces. When you stir in the poop, which is kind of a weird thing. So, so is it worth getting on that registry? Because everyone talks about the registry, right? Like, well, the registry is one thing, but until you actually file a claim for something, it doesn't do nothing for you. So, so if you are a veteran that was exposed to burn pits and you're dealing with anything, put a claim in. And even if it gets denied initially, once this kind of goes through, just like with our Vietnam veterans with Agent Orange, they might they might go back to that original date where you were wrongfully denied for these things. Is that a possibility it is a possibility but i would say get seen for the condition a lot of veterans like that me. receive their health care through the va you have a primary care provider talk to them get it annotated in your record that this is the condition you're working with yeah i mean file the claim great you're going to get some money but let's get the documentations about this physical conditions that people are dealing with in there so that, that we can get them the help they need and we can pass that information on to the other veterans so that we can serve the greater good of all of us. So in the Marine Corps, you don't want to be a sick call warrior, but in this day and age, like go to your doctor and tell them about everything and make sure they, they document it. Even if you're doing it at your annual review, nobody wants to be a sick call warrior, but you got to go to annually to get meds or whatever, get your little happy pills, whatever you're getting. But you, you need to get, you need to be honest with the doctor so that they can put the stuff down so that we can track the data. May not by name, but they need to track the data. If you get a rash every time your blood pressure goes up, that could be burn pit exposure. Right. If your face gets flush in certain situations, that can be caused by something you were exposed but to. Well, how about my, mine gets flush when I drink lots of beer, man. Does that mean I got exposed or what? Well, only Let's... to your wife, good sir. Only to your wife. <laughs> okay. Exposure to your wife, you can't get in trouble for that. All right, all right. that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
But yeah, like I said, get the information out there to the medical providers. Uh, okay, filing a claim is one way to do that, but you're not going to get the... Okay, let me back up a step. The VA Health Administration has absolutely nothing to do with the VA compensation program. So anything you tell your doctors at the VA hospital, unless you file a claim for it, the VA compensation side is never going to know. Correct. Oh, interesting. So they so, won't file uh, it for you. Right. So let's say, hey, so let's say you're already been, you had a claim and you, and you got PTSD um, and you're seeing your psychologist or you're talking to your shrink every three months, right? And just making sure you're checking in and make sure that everything's good to go. Um, so you're saying that the benefit, the people that have done the claims, they don't even know what the, your psychologist is even right. Like when he updates his notes every three months? No. Oh, wow. Okay. We only know when we send you to, like, if you have a claim for PTSD, mm -hmm. uh, unless you're permanent in total, you're going to get reevaluated every five years. Mm -hmm. And that's when the compensation side is going to send you out to a third-party examiner, not your normal trank, and mm -hmm. just say, like, check and see how you're doing. Are you getting a little worse? Are we getting a little better? Where are we at? Sure. That's kind of what are they, so why do they do that? Do they do that to try to lower your compensation or why do they have well, you get looked at after they might five even, years? They might even up it too. Well, what if you're at 100% already? That's why I was just thinking. Well, if you're at 100%, mm -hmm. from the VA perspective, we want to see if we can move you to permanent total so we don't have to do any more exams. Oh, okay. I gotcha. That's, that's why you would So have what to, are they looking at to, to, to make you permanent total? Because people have asked that, and I'm like, I guess I don't know. Like, yeah, I've heard that too. What well, it they're takes looking to get... at stability of the situation. Is there a chance you're going to get a little okay. better? Is there a chance you're going to stay the same? Like, if your leg's paralyzed, it's paralyzed. Well, yeah. Well, that's why. Is there a chance for your leg to to not be paralyzed? Then when they might... you receive a rating, uh, you can. There's two things it's going to say when you get a rating. It's going to say pending, or it's going to say static. A static condition is never going to change. It's going to be the same forever. Pending means you're going to get reevaluated at a date to be determined by, by, a, by a random computer program. Yeah. Normally it's three to five years, but okay. And it'll you'll just pop up for a reevaluation. Um, but if it's static, it's never going to change. A lot of people that get 80, 90%, you're static. You're not permanent and total, but your 80 or 90% is never going to change. Yeah. What if, what if you get a pending hundred percent? In five years. In five years. And then they're, and all they're doing is basically just trying to reaffirm so they don't have to do any more paperwork on you. Well, they're going to do a reevaluation yeah. on normally, normally when you get the pending hundred, you're going to get something like PTSD where there is a chance initially that it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. uh, so they do a five year reeval. My, I actually, for my personal claim, I did a five-year and a seven-year and then went to permanent total. Mm. Uh, why the second one? Uh, it's but, just random. Yeah. yeah. It's just random. Sure, sure. So, sure. but the, the five years are pretty common. Re-eval to see if there's going to be, maybe the claim, maybe your situation's gotten slightly worse or your, your mental situation is deteriorated. Sure. And they want to reevaluate you to maybe raise that up a little bit. Sure, I got you. Uh, or you may be at 70 for PTSD and it's gotten better. 
But one of the big things people have to understand is when you go to see the VA doctor for a compensation exam, you want to show them what a bad day looks like. You don't right. want to show them your good day because we all try to put on this big facade of, uh, 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 nothing's uh, wrong with me. Uh, I'm a man. Sure. You got to be able to tell these guys that, you know, some days it's hard for me to even get out of bed. And maybe most days it's hard. Well, if you've met my wife, it's a thing. <laughs> uh, but it, it's a situation where we all try to put on that big, tough, yeah. the, the tough guy. Billy, Billy, Billy badass. Yeah. When we need to just be able to, and that's the military side of it. That's why people think they should get a higher rating and they don't is because they don't show them what a bad day looks like. Yeah. Right. They don't tell. Yeah. Everybody's no. trying to be Billy Badass. Yeah. Interesting. So, but yes, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I mean, it's nice, it's nice having compensation, right? But really the most important thing is, is trying to get yourself better and, and, or getting, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, B-Man? The, uh, Basically, just getting what's owed to yourself for all the pain that you went through, right? Like if you hurt your back or your knee or your knees or your neck or your shoulder, right? Because, man, in the Marine Corps, always humping those rucks, those machine guns, those 50 cals, uh, mortars, 81 mortars, whatever the case may be. Compensation is important. Well, even just the yeah, just your normal PT in the Marine Corps, man. I mean, you're doing crazy. Oh, yeah. They kick, yeah, kick you're, your you're doing stuff to your body that most individuals your age are not doing yeah like the yeah when you do the obstacle course and shit the old course man yeah. man i'll tell you <laughs> most people in the civilian world couldn't even get past the first hurdle yeah right with the old course and so uh and you're doing you know and you're going with you know you're running with your boots on shit i got well that's the worst part right like, fuck man i got boots plantar, boots i got plantar fasciitis both of my feet the rest of my life right yeah. Uh, because of that shit. That's why I'm always working, wearing Birkenstocks. Well, people don't realize that, like, when when you're messing with feet stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It it will mess with your hips, which messes with your back, yep. and it goes all. I mean, it goes all your the way neck, up. Yeah, your neck and shit. And and that's the thing. Uh, it's a good thing you brought that up because there's also secondary claims. I've had my right knee operated on nine times. Damn. And because of that, I have ankle and hip problems yeah. and then my left side is always compensating which causes that to act up sometimes but those are all secondary conditions that you can claim mm. if you have a va claim and you have a condition that maybe it's affecting other parts of your body so i, I yeah I, to include like if let's say let's say that you're you have a you have bad knees or bad back and you can't play with your kids like you really want to and now you're kind of like you're getting depressed and all these things from not being able to do it you can actually get mental health secondary to one of those primary conditions right you can but that's a reach is it that's a let's say if we were in world war ii that would be like uh the bridge over the river kwan love a bridge movie. too far <laughs> love that movie love it i've seen people i've seen <laughs> no, people get no, no. It. i'm not saying it's a reach but yeah, you you can. I've seen it. A lot of people can go the anxiety that goes with it too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but that, that's not really something that I'd care to get into because that's like I said, each claim is very unique. The process is the same, but each claim, whether no matter what you're claiming, the process is the same. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, from listening to you, we've, we've been talking for a while. Paperwork is important, right? So what I got out of this is with the claim, you, you need to be organized before you start putting uh, your paperwork together. You need to have backup data uh, or paperwork to show, hey, this happened uh, during a operation or when I was in the military. Or just active duty time, right? Active so duty even, time. even active duty training, if you're active duty, even if you're at the beach, playing mm -hmm. in the sand and you twisted your ankle really bad or you broke it right as long as you're on active duty you can mm -hmm. claim it correct yeah so the active duty so i we were talking about this earlier right and uh yeah we still got some time we were talking about this right like you could do 20 years in the reserves or the guard or any kind of reserve component right but if you've never deployed or been on active duty and you did 20 years that's a that's a, that's a tough one to swallow, it's right? Like tough like, pill to swallow. Yeah, right. Like you got to do a deployment in order to be. You got to have some active duty time. Right, 180 days consecutive active duty time to be considered a, a veteran. Yeah, and that's that's not including like your your boot camp or your no no your basic training. No, the, outside yeah. of training, correct. It's not necessarily 180 days under Title 10. Okay, because some reservists for current situations. But let's talk about what happened in the cities. Yeah. And we had the little riots and they were activated so for 30 active. days. Yep, state activated. They can be state activated. It's still under Title 10. Okay. So that actually counted as active duty. Oh, time. no shit, really? No shit, really. Oh, I thought they had to have uh, bog, like boots on ground uh, overseas in a nope. combat zone. Negative. Oh, Any okay. active duty time that is not for training. That's good to know. Under Title 10. Yep. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Tim was talking about Minneapolis when we were having all that. Uh, all that shit going on with the riots and all that. And, and uh, so that time that they, when they activated the national guard and the reserve component, that, that counts towards your active duty time. Um, didn't even know that. That's interesting. Huh. What are some other things for like, let's just say national guard reserves. Cause we have, a, we, we have, have a quite a few of, of them out here. Yep. What are some more kind of little nuggets with regard to them? Well, a, a lot of times they, they can sustain an injury while they're doing their two weeks of training. Even though they don't get treated during the two weeks, they can get treated when they get back for whatever, but just document that something you did during the training caused the injury. Like, oh, we were doing all these, you know, changing tires on the trucks and I wrenched my back, yeah. but I couldn't get seen while I was in active duty. So I got seen by my doctor when I got back. Three days later. Or, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, as long as you can prove that, yeah, you know, and you can get buddy statements or, or statements for people that were with you. Says, yeah, it was pretty crappy. We did this, this, and this, and that can validate your claim for you. Nice. Mm -hmm. And so that could that could count as a claim. Yeah, no, that would totally be a claim. So seeing a civilian doctor outside the VA, you can use his uh, his notes also. You can, and okay. and in a lot of situations, uh, a lot of people get seen by their civilian doctors before they ever get seen by a VA doctor. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. I wasn't sure how that worked, but. Because there's great doctors on the civilian side out there that, that have been around 30, 40, 50 years, and yeah. they've seen it all, right? So um, you'll have to have me on for another podcast where we talk about how do how what how do you handle a situation after you've been denied for a claim and you really think that you can validate your claim? Oh, I like that. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll have to do that in the uh, yeah another episode. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'm sure that's I'm I'm sure that's going to take a minute. It's going to take a couple minutes. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, those, oh, man. Well, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> want to get into it, but I'm sure there's a lot of emotions running wild 
when the when people get denied or whatever. So but. so one thing that I want to talk about because it's come up actually a few times within the last few months for myself uh, on the professional side. Let's let's take a veteran that's anywhere between 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 percent service connected. But yet I know it's a wide range. And the, the, the reason I say that is just to kind of leave it open. Um, but let's say let's say that their condition, whatever, whatever their condition is that they or the conditions. So condition or conditions are make it so that they are n- not employable. So applying for non-employability. Applying for non-employability. Blah, 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 blah. By the way, by the way, I just got a I just got a huge smile on an appointment my way. So <laughs> I think I, I think I just hit on something good. All right. Hey, we got we got 10 minutes left, so let's uh we'll finish up on this. Yeah, I'll we'll give you the little... short version. All right, sounds good. Okay. Uh, applying for unemployability is a, is a distinct process, it's got a different application. If you think that any one of whatever situation or situation prevents you from being able to work, whether it be the anxiety, whether it be your back, your physical condition or a mental condition, you can apply for unemployability. Now, what that means is that you will still have your VA disability rating of 50, 60, 70, 80, 90%, but you will be paid at the 100% rate. And you'll receive all the benefits that somebody at the hundred percent rate would get. Is that correct? No. Okay. That is a thousand percent wrong. But Good. you will not get the dental benefits and things like that. Okay. Uh, you used to be able to, but there was a change. That's why I asked. But I, you still get. You won't get any of the tax breaks and things like that. But you will receive the hundred percent compensation rate. So for pay purposes, you can still claim it and receive the hundred hundred percent rate. Awesome. But you don't get the other perks on the benefits side. Okay. Got it. So if you put, if you put in that paperwork um, for that, and you're at whatever percent between fifty and hundred, um, you, can you be reevaluated for that, or is it a done deal? Like you know, we talked about I think five once years you get later. It, I think once, once you get it, it's... once you get it, you get it until you. Well, shit. Until you, most people that get it actually apply for Social Security at the same time. Correct. Oh wow. So oh, you can wow. get SSDI, Social Security Disability Income, at the two thousand dollar a month mark so you while you're receiving both. the hundred percent mark. Or wow. whether you're getting your unemployability. Okay. And then one other thing that I heard about, and you I don't know if it's through yeah. Hudvash or what, but um essentially essentially um I heard that there is a housing voucher that some veterans can receive, potentially receive to help pay for rent or pay for their mortgage have you heard of that i have not okay. um but the, the the state is more inclined to do that than if i work for the federal government gotcha. thank you for keeping that off my face um we have the sun coming in at an odd angle reflecting off of the bar top and it's kind of killing me at this point hey move that beer over and block that sun there you go um but there's plenty of dis different programs out there through states and through the federal government. If you need due to your disability, um, I've heard of people getting a clothing allowance because yeah. uh, they put them on steroids and they're swelled up really bad. So oh, they, wow. they, yeah. Or depending on your condition, there's different medicines that'll make you pack on a hundred, 200 pounds. Yeah. 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 We call uh, uh, So like, uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But th- there's also, uh, there's housing benefits to have your house retrofitted so that you're able to use the full extent of the house. Maybe you need a walkway. Maybe you need the counters lower. 
adaptive housing is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's different programs out there through the state and the VA. But if you go to va.gov, you can research all sorts of this. And all the information I provided you today is on that site for you to catch up on. Google's a great tool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know what? I think what would be good. So I love that Tim volunteered himself to come back and do another podcast. Because I want our listeners out there who have listened to both of these segments, if you still have questions regarding any of this that we talked about or any questions for Tim, go ahead and let us know. And when he's on again, we can make sure that he responds to your questions. Yeah. So hit us up on our Facebook page, Good Enough for Government Work. Uh, and if you're following us on Spotify, um, there's a message place too. You can do that. So. Or, or email. you can email me at greg at goodenoughforgovernmentwork.com. And uh, good enough for government work is G-O-O-D-E-N-U-F, the number four, G-O-V-T, work.com. And I think, I think that's, I think we're good. I think we're Tim, good, man. Tim, you we're survived. In, yeah. I made it. Yeah. Tim made it. <laughs> He's in. All right. So, hey, everybody. Uh, have a have a blessed day. I hope this was helpful. We're having Tim coming back to talk about the denial piece. Yeah. Of the, uh, and, and if this wasn't helpful, do me a favor and uh, uh, expose your left wrist. Take your two fingers from your you know from from your right hand. Apply it and see if you have a pulse. Because if this wasn't helpful, then I don't know. You might want to oh check God, and see yeah. if you're still alive. I will answer any question that comes in, guys. Absolutely. Hey, all right, everybody. Peace out. Love you.